Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hello, Savvy Soul. So I just came back from beautiful California. It's one of my favorite spots in the world. Santa Monica with its endless beach, white herons darting in and out as the waves roll in and out, people strolling along the boardwalk, surfers in wetsuits attacking the waves, men and women lying on the beach soaking up the sun. I was in Santa Monica to meet with my coach, Simone Graciol, who'd come all the way to meet with us from South Korea. She was hosting this event that would be attended by 41 other coaches from our group around the world, from Britain, Australia, Costa Rica, Amsterdam, India, the US, Canada, and many more. So we spent the first day together, and on the other day, our assignment was to spend the day alone exploring whatever called to us. And so I spent the day strolling along the beach because for me, it was clear that the beach is what calls to me. I thought it was the natural beauty calling to me and that was actually part of it. But at the end of the day, it wasn't just the water and the sounds of the ocean and the gorgeous plants and trees that filled me up all that all those kinds of nature things that I normally geek out about, but it was my encounters with strangers. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I ended my day alone asking myself, why do I feel so full up, so fulfilled, so joyful after a day in Santa Monica talking to strangers? Why do these experiences make me feel like life is endless, expansive possibility, that anything can happen? And why do I feel so compelled to share with share all of that with you today in this podcast episode? So let me answer that question now and then give you an exercise to practice on your own. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through some vignettes, some stories about the strangers I met. And reflecting back on it now, what I learned about each encounter, and I think it's going to be useful to you. So I want to back up a little bit before I tell you about my first story. So just before I left, this postcard I'd created for my business, I created a series of postcards from photos I'd taken for my business. This was back in 2018, before I'd even bought this place. And I created this postcard, and on the front of it, and I don't know how this just randomly showed up on my kitchen counter, but was a photo I'd taken of my daughter, Alana, when we'd gone to Santa Monica, oh, many years ago. She was 15 years old and she was swinging on the swing set that's out near the pier on the beach. And she had her head tilted back and she was looking up at the sun and just looking so beautiful and relaxed. And it was such a joyful pose. And here I was leaving for Santa Monica the next day and this postcard randomly showed up because that's what things do, right? So the day I was going to spend alone and the beach called to me, I started out on my journey 
looking for that swing set, which was actually pretty easy to find. You just go past the pier a little bit towards Venice and there it's right on the beach. And there were, it's kind of, it's a, a swing set that little kids can go on and adults can go on as well. It's got those kind of cloth chairs that you can sit on and it's quite a big high swing. So you can be an adult and swing pretty high on it. And there were three sets in a row, three pairs of two, and there are two girls on the first set, two teenagers, I guess. On the last set, there was nobody. And I sat down in one of the middle swings and I started to rock back and forth and swing higher and higher. I just kind of started out and I was, I believe, looking pretty blissful. And this man saw me and he was around my age. So I'm in my sixties. I'd say he was around that age too. And he just gets on the swing next to me and he starts swinging. And I stayed on that swing for at least 30 minutes. And he stayed on there the whole time too. And pretty soon our swings were moving in rhythm. I wondered a little bit about how stable the swing set would be. We were just moving, moving in rhythm, swinging side by side. Neither of us was looking at each other. We didn't exchange a word and we just swang there. And it felt so beautiful just watching the people go by, watching the bicycles go by, taking in the ocean, but having this stranger next to me on a swing. And for some reason it felt very profound to me. So I thought about it coming back, like, why did that feel so good? So my first takeaway is you get to be a grown ass woman, say 62 years old and swing to your heart's content on a public beach for half an hour. You get to just do that because you want to, just because it fills you with joy, just because it's the best possible way in the world to experience the beach just because it's as simple as rocking back and forth on a swing to propel yourself through the air in flight. My second takeaway is our joy attracts more joy. I have no doubt that this man who is roughly my age saw this other older person flying through the air with pure joy in her face and thought, hey, I can do that too. So savvy souls, let yourself do something joyful and let it show on your face. Third takeaway, you can have an experience of deep companionship with a total stranger and never even speak or even really look at each other, just swinging side by side in the pure joy of the swinging. It was a feeling for me of not being alone, of sharing something and that mattering, not because I knew this guy or he knew me, just because we were there, two humans experiencing something together. So I think the biggest takeaway here for me was to acknowledge the meaning created just from human connection, from common experience, from community. Okay, my second story is another silent one. And this experience involved, I walked closer to the beach and there were these white herons who come to the water's edge. And as the waves roll in, the herons dart in and out. I imagine they're looking for fish or small animals to eat. So it's like a game, you know, the waves roll in, the herons wait till it's just a little bit shallow. They dart in and then they, they run out. And this mother came along with her children who saw the herons and they squealed in delight. These kids were maybe 
three or four, something like that. And so they started chasing the heron and the heron would take flight, would move over maybe 20, 30 feet. It would land, it would run in and out, and then the children would chase it again. And it was just this beautiful feeling of delight, just not, again, not exchanging any words with these people, just watching and sharing in that experience. So my takeaway here is spend time with young children because their ecstatic joy at the small things, their easy wonder, their sense of play and fun is just so joyful to experience along with them, just to observe and watch. Children are our teachers. They're vessels of forgotten wisdom, wisdom about the things we were born knowing and learn to forget that life is fun, that simple things can be the source of delight and pleasure, that it's easy to be alive and exuberant, that life can be one big game. I often get my clients to go back and remember their childhood years to identify their forgotten sources of delight, to remember what they naturally enjoy, to know what lights them up. They've forgotten, but the child in them remembers. You can try that to yourself, Savvy Souls. Just think about uh, times when you were, say, around five, five years old is about the best time. Is it still uninhibited? Still, uh, you're still unaffected by what you think everybody else will think of what you think. You're just free and alive and experiencing what you experience. So go back and remember what were sources of joy to you at that age, what you love to do. And it might give you some hints about what you'd still love to do now, just like me and swinging. My third story was a very brief encounter. So after I'd been on the swing, swinging for half an hour, and then I'd sat on the beach and watched the children chase the herons and had a lot of fun watching the beginning surfers throughout that day attempt to ride, which were relatively short waves, hauling out their surfboards and trying to stand on them, often failing and the joy of one woman who got up with what it looked like for the first time and put her hands up in triumph. And I watched all of that. I felt utterly content and peaceful. And after that, so I was walking alone and yet feeling a joyful connection to the other people who were walking by me on the beach. And I'm pretty sure I was beaming a broad smile as I walked because people would look at me and break out in a smile, nod and walk by. So one man started to jog by, he looked kind of serious and he was wearing bright yellow shoes and a yellow shirt. And he saw me and he kind of stopped for a moment and he turned around and started jogging backwards, looking at me. And he said, you, my dear, are a ray of sunshine. And he burst out into this big smile. And I called back, yellow is my favorite color. And he smiled even more and he kept going. And later in the afternoon, when I was miles away out near Venice and the beach there, we walked by each other again. And he just looked at me and he said, hello, sunshine. And I looked at him and I said, hello, yellow man. And we both smiled and kept walking. And the takeaway here for me was a reinforcement of one I had, the one I'd had earlier, which is joy attracts joy. And also you can share short, joyful moments with a stranger that will have you singing inside for days.
My fourth story happened a bit later. I'd started to burn and turn red under the hot sun. And I realized I needed some shade and a good cup of coffee. So I wandered, wandered off the beach to a coffee shop in Venice. And there I decided, well, you know, I'm from Ontario. It's still a little bit cold there. It's beautiful and sunshiny here. And there's some shade. There's a nice little table with an umbrella on the sidewalk. I'm just going to sit here and really enjoy this beautiful organic latte that I ordered. And I was watching the people go by. And then this pretty old woman, I'd say late 70s, 80s, walked by and she had one of those fluffy white dogs on, on a leash that lots of people seem to have in California. I don't know, Bijon Frise or what it was, just a, a poofy white thing. And the dog was on the leash. And she stopped and she looked at me and I was wearing this kind of unusual necklace that was kind of coral and it was hammered silver and it had a silver flower in the middle. And she said, oh my, your necklace is so beautiful. And I said, oh, I said, I wore this necklace because it was a gift I got from someone a very long time ago. And she stopped and then it was just like her eyes were looking that direction that they look in when you're thinking into your memory. And she said, oh, I have a beautiful necklace at home that someone gave me sometime too. I think I might know where it is. And I said to her, well, you should definitely go home and look for it. And she said, yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to go home and look for it right now. And she just seemed so happy about this reminder that she had this necklace at home and maybe somebody she loved once or somebody important to her had given it to her and she was going to take it out and remember that. And my takeaway here was that small stories matter. Our stories don't need to be big or grand to make a difference to other people. You can say something small to a stranger and it can make a big difference to them that day. A related takeaway is you can see someone and think, I have nothing in common with this person. And then you can share something small with them and you understand, no, we have everything in common. We're two humans and we both have pain and sorrow and joyful memories and moments and people we loved once and things that were good once and things that we can remember. And this is one of the things I love most about talking with strangers. It reminds me of my own humanness. And it reminds me at the same time of everyone else's humanness. It reminds me we have more in common than what makes us different. All of us do. So my fifth and last story, it's a short one. I'd always dreamed of going to Shutters for lunch. It's a beautiful hotel by the beach in Santa Monica, and it has this gorgeous patio. There's a beautiful restaurant with windows that look out over the water, but even better, there's an outdoor patio that's right by the boardwalk. You can sit at the chairs there, have a lovely lunch, and watch cyclists go by, watch people walking their dogs go by, watch people on skateboards holding kites and flying by. It's just a wonderful place to sit. So I decided, well, I'm gonna go in that restaurant, and if they have a table within, you know, a short enough period of time, I'm going to wait for the table and sit there. 
And so they said they did. And while I was waiting for the table, they said, well, you know, go to the bar and have a drink if you want one. So I went to the bar and the bartender basically just came up to me and he said, could I just make you a drink that I would like to make you? And I was like, yeah, cool. Like do it. And he went back and he created just the most exquisite, perfect drink. I don't know what was in it. It had beautiful kind of fresh herbs in it. And I don't know what the ingredients were, but it was so tasty and so, so good. I just loved that drink. And then pretty soon the waitress came and took me to the table. So my takeaway from my encounter with the bartender was that really the best things happen when I don't try to control the outcomes. I don't try to constrain other people. I just let other people bring their excitement and their creativity to me. I let them be themselves. I let them create something that maybe I haven't experienced before that I might not have thought of. And I don't presume to know everything. I'm just open to the experience the other person offers. So I could tell you so many more stories about the other strangers I met in Santa Monica, you know, the coaches with vastly different life experiences and businesses who were strangers at the beginning of my weekend, or the taxi driver who, sh who shared his personal experiences of racism and his fears about the political future of America. And I shared with him the experiences of being a Canadian and how we're also interested in what happens in the US because it matters to us. Or my experience with the receptionist Ramon at the Shore Hotel who went above and beyond to help me find transportation when none seemed to be available to get me to an important dinner I was attending. Or the two absolutely hilarious guys at the airport who made jokes while we all stood in this crazy uh, check-in process line, our check-in stretched to an hour and a half of completely disorganized chaos. And we couldn't hear what was being announced. And these two young guys were just hilarious and basically comedic and they made the whole experience, which could have been pretty stressful, fun and light. Now, I've met a lot of people who tell me they don't like talking to strangers. And if that's you, I want you to reconsider because you're definitely missing out on the richness of life. The world expands, your world expands when you're open and receptive to all of it. When you're willing to experience and share joy, when you're willing to listen and learn, when you're willing to connect, when you allow yourself to slow down, when you're curious and interested, when you're open to human connection, when you open yourself to the portal to aliveness that other humans offer us. Savvy souls, life is meant to be expansive and it's meant to be an expansive experience. Expansiveness is a skill and there's a skill to opening up. There's a skill involved in broadening your definition of what's possible and actually believing it. There's a skill to overcoming the curl of voices in your head that tell you all the reasons you can't do what you want, why you're not good enough, skilled enough, educated enough, rich enough, confident enough, experienced enough, knowledgeable enough, all of the things that we tell ourselves we're not enough 
that hold us back from doing what we're yearning to do. There's a skill to developing believable, practical approaches to broaden your world. There's a skill involved in accessing your creativity and trusting your intuition about the direction you want to head towards. We're not born with these skills, but we can learn them. I've spent the last several years mastering them as much as anyone can as a lawyer, as an artist, as a coach, and I'm ready to share them with you so that you can live expansively and freely just to show you what I've learned and what I know. And that's why I've created the Magic Room Experience, which is a group coaching experience that will happen from June to November of this year. And if you join us, you'll be with a fun group of like-minded people, all working in community towards expanding your lives in significant ways. And I call it the magic room experience because I believe this experience will feel like magic because your life will feel unrecognizable at the end. You'll be doing things you thought were not possible for you. Your life will feel richer. You'll feel more aligned with who you are, what's unique about you, and what wants to be expressed through you. You'll feel freer. And the people around you will wonder what's happened. They'll wonder what's happened in a good way because they see how different you seem and how much happier you are. They'll experience you as more vibrant. Strangers in the street will smile back at you, reflecting back what they sense in you. And you can find out more about the program by going to www.gracedcanvas.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-D as in dog, C-A-N-V-A-S.com and clicking on the coaching tab there and joining my newsletter. There's lots of information about how to join my newsletter there. And you can also see the basic program parameters uh, just right out there on that page. But also Savvy Souls, you don't need to join my program to start living more expansively right now. Just, I would suggest you take the ideas that you heard in this episode and make it your practice to talk to strangers or you don't even need to talk to them. Just notice them, just observe them. Imagine what they're thinking, what they experienced that morning, how they're feeling about life. Imagine the ways your experiences might be similar to theirs. Feel into the human connectedness of all of us. Go home, write down your observations and your impressions. If you like to draw, draw a little picture maybe of some of the strangers you met or just draw what it felt like. And this will expand your world. It will help you find common ground with the humans around you. It will make your world a little more joyful and welcoming. And that, Savvy Souls, is my promise for you this week. Go out, live expansively. Love you guys. Bye. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want. <laughs>